So there's a talking snake, and what's this thing about a tree? We're going to talk about it on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, this is Inverse, and my name's Justin, and in the studio, we have our friends here, uh, Israel and Siku and Jonathan. I want to say hey to you guys. Hey, good to see you. I'm very excited that you are here also, and we are entering into a new topic for the next 14 weeks. We are looking at the topic of beyond death. How many of you have been wondering about the question of death and what the Bible has to say about it? Really, the Bible is the only document, only source of authority out there that talks about what happens to you after you die. So on this week, and for every week from now on, for the next 14 weeks, we're going to look at the topic of the afterlife, of what happens to your spirit, your soul, and your psyche. And we're going to do uh, all the, the gymnastics that are involved in that study. So I want to say, hey guys. Hi. Hi. And we're going to have a word of prayer. And we're going to go to Genesis chapter 3. But before we always, we, we always pray before we read scripture. So Israel, if you could pray for us. Sure. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for your word and that it provides guidance on this very important topic, mm -hmm. a topic that's dear to the heart of every human being. And so we pray for your blessing, your presence at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's go to Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Um, we are already familiar with Genesis 1 and 2, the mm. two creation accounts, and now we enter, everything was perfect, but then we get to chapter 3, and things are not perfect. Jonathan, if you read from verse 1 for us. Onwards. Yes. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Very good, very good, thank you. Um, Siku, this is a, so there's a lot of people who read scripture, and they, they read chapter one and chapter two of Genesis, and how many of you out there, you're like, man, I want to read the Bible, and you start right off, <laughs> and, and you're, okay, Genesis one and two, this is pretty interesting, God's creating, God's God, so you can do whatever, but then you go into chapter three, and there's a talking snake, mm -hmm. and that's also another interesting point that we can talk about, or not talk about, but there's the tree factor, and already people automatically think that is God petty that over, over, and whether it's an apple or not, we don't know, uh, but we know it's fruit for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but in all the, 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 the artistic art, yeah, depictions, the, the, the photos, yeah. it is an mm -hmm. apple, the shiniest apple that anyone's seen. And then, and then, you know, she eats, is God petty here? What's really at stake in this story? Well, uh, just, just setting the scene, right? So in chapter two, God has, created everything and and then we have in chapter 2 verse uh, 9 mm -hmm. that out of the ground the, lo the Lord God made every tree to grow that is pleasant mm -hmm. to the sight good for food he says made every tree and mm -hmm. then he says the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden mm -hmm. and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so it's it sets the stage for God created all these trees mm -hmm. and with all these trees including the tree of life they can eat freely mm -hmm. but then he says just one tree um, I think it's, it's uh, verse 17. 
right? Chapter oh, two, verse six, verse 2, verse 16. 2, yeah. verse 16, okay. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, mm. but of the tree of the knowledge of good and mm. evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Mm -hmm. um, to put it in perspective about if God is petty, um, it, would, it would be a kind of pettiness where he's actually really kind because he gives every tree to be eaten of freely. Mm -hmm. And there's just only one tree that you're not supposed mm -hmm. to eat of. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of like, you know, like little children, the one thing that you tell them not to do, that's <laughs> yeah. now, they become kind of fixated on, that's yeah, yeah, what yeah. I want to do. And yeah. it's like, that's the only thing that you could ever possibly do in the whole entire world. Right, right, right. But he's saying there's, everything is actually free and open to you and there's only one mm -hmm. thing that I'm restricting. And in a sense, God puts uh, a test of loyalty, like just one small thing that every time you make the choice not to eat of this tree, you are choosing to obey me. You're choosing to be loyal to me. You're choosing to be on my side. And it's a very small test, really, mm -hmm. in, in perspective, mm -hmm. that tests their loyalty to God. Mm -hmm. um, so no, God is not being petty, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil actually becomes a tree of choice. Mm -hmm. That he's giving Adam and Eve a choice to choose to be loyal to God, to choose to serve Him. Mm -hmm. There's a very uh, important fact there that God has created ideal conditions, everything's perfect, mm -hmm. and within that ideal uh, environment, there's this one little, you know, uh, switch mm -hmm. where He can say, hey, I'm out, I don't want this, mm -hmm. and there's a way to pull out of the scenario, and God has given us choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. Jonathan. Um, I was just going to, you know, I don't know why, but as you were reading and explaining, I had to think of, <clears throat> you know, how we, when you subscribe to something or you sign up for something or you buy a product, there's always terms and conditions and they're like <laughs> pages and pages and no one ever reads them, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unless you may be a paid lawyer who has to read it, but like no one ever reads them. Let's yeah. be real. Sebastian says he reads them. Yeah, Sebastian does, but that's Sebastian. And so... That's why he's not on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's reading right now. <laughs> but I appreciate that God's terms and conditions here are very mm. clear-cut, very simple to the yeah. point. Mm -hmm. And the, the reality is that because God is love and He wants us to freely love, of him, he had to give the option mm -hmm. of opting out. Mm -hmm. uh, because if there's no choice, then you don't have freedom. Yeah. And so he gives them the choice, yeah. and he doesn't make it complicated with terms and conditions. He yeah. just says, hey, there's this one tree, you don't touch it. You That's know? an awesome analogy. Like if, you know, I mean, and it's so awesome when corporations and companies have that option to opt out, yeah. right? And it's those emails, and if you're out there, you better be <laughs> listening, and there's emails where you can't opt out, you just feel oppressed that you're yeah. part of the system you can't, be, you can't go out of. And so this is, mm -hmm. this is great. It shows a, re a revelation of God's character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah more than, more than uh, an issue of God being petty or not, what's happening in the first three chapters of Genesis is the establishment of authority. Mm -hmm. So if you look at Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, it's important to understand that God is the active person speaking. Mm -hmm. He's the creator. He's making things. He's creating. He's the central figure of Genesis 1, Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 3, now there's a, there's a shift in who the central figures are. Mm -hmm. They go from being God to now being, being Adam and Eve. In Genesis chapter 1, what's significant about the creative power of God is that He uses His Word to create. Mm -hmm. That's significant because in everything that He creates with His Word, He's also establishing a promise to sustain that, yeah. right? So in other words, when God creates the, the, the tree that brings forth fruit, mm -hmm. in that creation, there's a promise that an apple tree will always produce apples for the rest of its life, mm -hmm. meaning that on that promise, life is dependent. So, 
the point that I'm trying to make here is that in Genesis 1, God is doing more than creating. He's establishing an authority, and that authority is based on a promise. It's essentially a sermon or sermons of promises. That's what God is doing. Mm. He's saying, I am love, and in every single thing that I'm doing, you can see this declaration of love. It is a promise of love, a message of love, a sermon of love. Mm. Now you get to Genesis chapter 3, and you have a new sermon. It's actually the first sermon that has ever been preached. And if you think about the significance of this, it's the first sermon that's ever been preached contrary to God's Word. And this sermon is a promise also, and it is a promise of the immortality of the human being. Mm -hmm. And so God is saying, you can rely on me. I am the sustainer of everything. And by depending on me, you have life. Satan says, no, that's not so. The first promise he preaches, or the first sermon he preaches, is this promise of immortality. And now, in order to obtain that immortality, in order to obtain that future life, you no longer have to depend on God, but you have to depend upon the word of Satan. Mm. And so now you have this establishment of authority, and it's critical to understand this because death is the one thing that impacts every human being, and there is a promise that both God and Satan make when it comes to death. Mm -hmm. Satan makes a promise, you don't need God to, to sustain life. God says, you need me, you need obedience to my word and my promises in order to live. Mm -hmm. and, you know, going, going off on that obedience, the fact that there is a tree of life and then there's a tree that by eating from it, you're choosing death, um, it shows that life is predicated on obedience to God's word, mm -hmm. right? So in order for you to continue to live, you have to choose to submit to the word of God. Mm -hmm. You need to choose to obey God's word. And you know, it's, it's um, really the, what you're saying, like the, that sermon of you don't have to, yeah. you know, there's, there's an option. You can opt out of, you know, obeying God and still live, which is contrary to what, what, what was being established in mm -hmm. Genesis chapter 1 and mm -hmm. chapter 2. And that becomes the issue that we come to even today. Like, there is a way to live that is outside of what God has already ordained, mm -hmm. but God is the creator and he set the parameters for existence. So to try and exist out of the parameters that God established mm. results in non-existence, mm -hmm. you know, because you cannot, it just mm -hmm. can't. Uh, and just in, in, in piggybacking off your comments in verse 5, here the serpent says, For God knows that in the day you should eat of it, your eyes will be opened. He's actually in the framework that God has created. He's placing the tree almost outside of that context and that, yeah. that, that God gets all of his creative power from, from the tree. You know, that which is created is placed in front of the creator. Right, right. Uh, right. So it's, an, it's a new, new paradigm, a yeah. new, new, new shift here. Yeah. I think it's critical, you're saying, uh, both of you, uh, the fact that we have two authorities here clashing. Um, but I, I appreciate how you brought out that God's uh, way of authority, he's, he, he, he has benevolent authority. So we were designed to live under authority, but God's authority is benevolent. It has uh, our, the best intentions. God wants to help us, sustain us, as you said. And then the other authority, which really, you know, it's, it's an assumed authority and an oppressive one, um, is the one of Satan, where you know, he inter interjects himself and says, hey, I, there's a different way, which is not true, but he, he, he is a lie. He says there's a different way. And by choosing that, they, he says you will be free, you will be truly free, and you will be your own authority, your own God. But really yeah. you are uh, submitting yourself to an oppressive authority, which is the authority of Satan, because his end game is our destruction. Mm. Satan never wants you to live forever. Mm -hmm. He does not want you to thrive. Uh, and, and, you know, have all these incredible whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, 
But this is something that we, I think, struggle with in the 21st century, this idea of, oh, authority over me, I'm my own person, independence, you know, self-sufficiency. Uh, no, we were designed to, to thrive under benevolent authority. Uh, authority has been, I mean, abused more than used in the right way in history. Yeah. But when we are recognized God is love and he has our best intentions in mind, we can, um, we can when we submit to him, we will thrive. Uh, so that, that's unfortunately that not the choice that Adam and Eve made, but that is what God is proposing in Genesis 1 and 2. Yeah, we're going to look at those topics of authority and of force and how God exerts his authority upon all of his creation. We're going to stick with us as we come back after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. We're looking at sources of authority in our world. Where do you get your sources of authority from? In our day of social media and all these things around us, how do we know what's true? How do we know what's not? And how do we know how to abide in this world? Let's go to the beginning of the world in Genesis chapter 3 and verses 1 through 6. And what are some ways that Satan practically, we know he, he's against God, he's manifested in the serpent. What are practical ways that he mm -hmm. does uh, question the authority of God's word? Mm -hmm. John. Well, uh, in verse 1, uh, mm -hmm. if we look at this for a second, it says the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we see here that Satan, now, of course, if, if we haven't read the rest of the Bible, we wouldn't know who Satan is. But if you read the rest of the Bible, you know he is not a snake. Mm -hmm. uh, he is a fallen angel mm -hmm. uh, who has apparently the power to manifest himself or possess or, or visual, you know, visualize himself mm -hmm. in the form of something else. So here, uh, one of the principles here of, uh, that he uses here is to, to deceive by, 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 by making a spectacle, uh, mm -hmm. a, a kind of a miracle, a, a talking animal. Like, yeah, that's really right. weird, right? Right, right? Now, Adam and Eve, they're innocent. They're, you know, they're exploring God's creation and they're coming across this talking snake and it's like, oh, this is curious. What is this? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, and, and so he, he disguises himself because he knows if he would come out straightforward as who he is, he probably wouldn't have much success. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the principles that I see here in the way Satan um, tries to, you know, get people to, to follow his deception is to disguise himself, not showing who he truly is, and doing it by some even miraculous way or some very interesting, curious way. So it is attention. possible to do, he can do supernatural things. Yes. Uh, yes. Make animals to talk and yes. or use the things that we don't see out of, out of ordinary. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, very good. And I, think, I think it's important to kind of emphasize here because when we look at the story now, we obviously have the, the, the benefit of history to look right. back mm -hmm. and we think like, I would never be amazed. Like this is so ridiculous that a, a snake is, Mm -hmm. talking and that the devil also the devil possesses animals Adam and Eve must have been really really you know naive I think we have to understand that Adam and Eve were brilliant you know mm -hmm. they're not they're not naive little mm -hmm. children that have no understanding of life what happens is that prior to this uh, experience with Satan God's intention for humanity has always and only been for them to know that which is good mm -hmm. and so God is giving them that which is good now when they have the introduction of something different the, this this concept of, of a miracle or of something supernatural is very different and 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 foreign to what their experience has been, mm. and so I think it's important to note first that. time in humanity's experience, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And so they're brilliant people who, in 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 a perfect world, 
are now seeing something that is miraculous in a very different way because the fact that they're alive is a miracle as mm -hmm. well, right? So it's something out of the ordinary, something miraculous and something fine-tuned to reach the person that Satan is trying to, to reach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Other ways that Satan, this is kind of a, almost a catalog mm -hmm. of, of how uh, he still tempts us today. Mm -hmm. So we see how he did it for the first time. We make those applications today. Mm -hmm. What are other ways that he introduces uh, doubt in God's authority? Yeah. Um, that was going to say, he introduces he doubt. Introduces doubt. <laughs> okay. Um, in, <laughs> there in verse 1, right? He says, in verse has, one. has God indeed said, of chapter 3, right? Has God indeed said, um, God has said something, but now he's putting a question mark to like, did God really say? And then the way that he phrases what God told Adam and Eve, mm -hmm. or Adam in, in chapter two, he says, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Mm -hmm. He presents it in a negative, in the negative, whereas God, what God actually said was, you shall eat mm -hmm. of yes. every tree mm -hmm. in the garden. So he introduces doubt by framing what God's command as a negative. Mm. And really, I mean, we think about the way that we think about God's word now, a lot of times it's God says, don't do this and don't do that and don't do this and don't do that. And it's rare that we think about God said you should do this. Mm -hmm. You know, we think um, being a Christian is all about all the stuff that I shouldn't do. If I become a Christian, I can't go clubbing mm -hmm. and I can't do this, you know, and I can't embezzle and, I, you know, whatever it is. But we don't think about all the things that God has said you should do, mm -hmm. you right. know, all the things we ought to enjoy. And that's that's another trick that the devil uses. Yeah. That's an interesting, uh, the point, if, you can, if I can link that to before is God said you can eat of all the trees. Of the, I mean, have you have you ever been to Canada? I mean, you don't see how many trees there are. I mean, the <coughs> God says of all. I mean, you, you divide the percentage of trees by the, by one. It's by point zero zero point zero 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 one. Mm. But but it's interesting how how uh, Satan frames it. That we look at today, mm -hmm. that God, it, it's it seems like it's the opposite, mm -hmm. right? That God, we 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 want to do everything ninety nine percent, but but God wants us to do that zero point zero 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 one percent. Yeah, so it's a matter of freedom, a matter of, of, of perspective there, yeah. Okay, what's another way that, that, that Satan also changes our reality there, Jonathan? Yeah, when he, he in, verse, in verse 1 as well, you shall not eat of every tree. Siku already kind of alluded to it. He, 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 he re, well, this is not what God said, right? Uh, he sh you shall eat of every tree, as Siku was saying. Yeah. Uh, but by reframing it in that negative sense, mm -hmm. it's not just casting doubt, it's also putting a doubt into God's intentions mm -hmm. towards you. He's changing the picture of God in your mind. Mm -hmm. He's maybe he's not just that good, as we're going to see later. He he does it again. You know, he doesn't want you to know. He doesn't want you to. Know. So uh, casting this is something that is significant for for our walk of faith is to have the correct picture of God in our mind that God is love, that God mm -hmm. is truth. You know, righteous, just. Um, because the picture of God directly impacts how we treat other people. It 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 impacts how we view ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, again. Is it, uh, do, you know, and it's very easy to, to kind of, you know, find out for yourself, how do you see God? If you hear about obedience, what are your feelings? Obedience to God. Mm -hmm. is, do you feel oppressed or do you feel freed? Uh, what are your, you know, uh, what is that yeah. connection? And so uh, Satan is trying to twist the picture of God in the mind of Eve. Can I just say, in agreement with that, I would say one step further, yeah. is that picture of God is only determined by God's Word. Exactly. And then so the natural temptation in today is that mm -hmm. I am the standard of what God is, yes. right? And so the the we need to disabuse, like there needs to be a separation. We almost have to suspend our picture of God right. and see what God's God's picture is and then obey to that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Siku, I needed it. Oh, yeah, I, I was going that. with the picture of God. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say that I think 
um, it's not it's not just that he wants us to 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 he's not just trying to change the picture of God and it's because it affects other things. Mm -hmm. I think his whole point, the whole point is the picture of God. Yeah. Yes. Like the whole point is how we view God's character. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so the way that we relate to each other impacts our picture of God. The way that we interact with nature impacts our picture of God. So actually the main mm -hmm. point yeah. is our picture of mm -hmm. God. Yeah. And that's what he wants to change. Even on this thing of, you know, we're, we're going to be studying about death, you know, for, for, for the next few weeks. The way that we view death and mm. the way that God has brought it, that's all to do with impacting our picture of God. So all the deceptions yeah. that the devil brings mm -hmm. is because his ultimate goal is to mar our picture of God. And when that is marred, yeah. then we cannot connect with him. We cannot yeah. have life because we don't want to connect with a God who is mean and yeah. E yeah. evil. And I'm seeing through this text that, that he mars that picture by, by mangling God's word, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So he either adds to it or he subtracts to it. Mm -hmm. He 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 inverts it. Mm -hmm. uh, he he changes the 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 connotation of it. There's mm -hmm. there's all these different things, and each 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 uh, adaptation has repercussions for the yes. picture of God. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. And sure. and and well, first of all, what he's doing in in uh, I think it's in verse two and three is that he uses human weakness to to impact our own understanding of God. Notice in, in uh, verse three, it's, or in verse two it says, and the woman said to the serpent, we may not eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, uh, or we, we may eat, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor should you touch it lest you die. Mm. God never said you shouldn't touch the, 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 the fruit, right? And so here you, now Eve has a human weakness comes into play, has a misunderstanding of God's word, and then Satan uses that to capitalize that and, and make the word of God inaccurate. Mm -hmm. But something that Sigurd was saying that really struck me was, you know, more important than even the word of God is the God of the word. Now, what, what Satan is doing here is he more than trying to attack the word of God, he's trying to attack the character of God mm -hmm. little by little, as you said, by attacking his word. Now, when we uh, when we lived in in um, in the upper peninsula of Michigan, we had and you've heard this story before, but we had in our kitchen, we had a green little box and that's where we put the keys to the car. And oftentimes, because we lived in a, the middle of nowhere, there's no one to steal your stuff. We would leave the keys <laughs> in the car, you know, and and I would sometimes go in the car, look for the keys, the keys are not there. I'd go to the green box, look in the green box, the keys are not there. My wife was the one who last drove the car. So I would tell her, I would ask her, hey, where are the keys to the car? To which she would respond, the keys are in the green box. Now I just looked in the green box and I know they're not in there, you know? But I never responded by saying like, You're, are you trying to kill me? Are you trying to poison me? Are you, you know, are you trying not to allow me to escape this prison of my, my own home? <laughs> those, were never, those were never responses. They were just, she made a mistake, right? That's the first thing that came into my mind. Now, if God makes a mistake, this is detrimental to the whole world mm -hmm. because the whole world stands upon the, 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 the perfection of his word. Mm -hmm. But Satan is saying, you will not surely die for God does know. Mm. And there he begins to attack the character of God. Mm. God is trying to willfully withhold something from you. Mm -hmm. And you need to, in order to, uh, to survive in life, you need to understand that the character of God is evil. Mm. And so this concept that Satan is trying to do, he's not just trying to attack the power of God. Mm. He's not trying to attack um, uh, you know, the wisdom of God. He's trying to attack the very character of a God of love. That's his, and, and that's the central figure of the 
of what happens when you die. The, the, this concept of the soul being immortal is that it attacks mm -hmm. the very character of God, and it's something that's critical to the human experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As, as you're talking, I'm thinking though, and, and, and not though, but I do agree, but there are, I think in our modern sense, we do have the, you know, we, we, God's character is good, mm -hmm. right? So if God's character is good, and then we, we work from that way on, right? You, mm -hmm. We talk about the God of the Word and Word of God. I mean, they're essentially, that's the same yes. thing, right? Yeah. The God, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we take the opposite in the modern sense is God is good, so therefore as God is good, and mm -hmm. we, we fill in the rest with yeah. whatever there, that's right? And, we, and that goes against the Word of God. Um, what, let, these are all, we can, we can spend a lot of time here, but I want to say in, in our modern context, how do we make sure that doesn't happen? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, God is good. I mean, he'll, he'll allow me to do this this one time. God is good. God is loving. Mm -hmm. And so we, 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 we pick yeah. and choose the aspects of God's character that, that match for us. Mm -hmm. How do we choose the source of authority and how do we interact with it today? I'm trying yeah. to get back to today sure. because this is clear implications for today. Yeah. Israel and then... Well, in a perfect God. world with Adam and Eve, you can see that our concept of goodness cannot exist. It's fake. It's weak. Yeah. The only goodness that exists is God's. Mm. And so for me to even say God is good because he will, he'll allow me to do this, he'll allow me to do that, this will be fine with him. That, the only reason we say that is because the standard of goodness that we're using is our own. Mm. Rather, we should use the reverse, right? Mm -hmm. We should use the Word of God to determine our own standards of goodness. And I think what Saint, the introduction that Satan does here that then impacts the rest of society is that humanity in and of themselves can determine what is good and bad. Mm. Mm. And we cannot do that. We can determine who we will allow to control our lives, but we cannot find freedom within and of ourselves. Being wow, that's, yeah. that's, that's it. That's right there. That's powerful. I mean, it's kind of. What I was going to say the word of God is where we have to look for for these for these answers to these questions, mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, we don't have it within ourselves. Every you know, most religions, most you know, spiritual whatever's out there saying you know, look into within yourself, within yourself, you have it. You are your own authority. Um, you're your own God. You can become God, like whatever. All these lies have been re repeated over and over throughout history. But the word of God is where we can find these answers, where it points us to this loving God, mm -hmm. uh, to the truth. Uh, which will set us free and will give us eternal life mm -hmm. the only way. Amen, amen. Mm -hmm. Secret, really quick, we have one, one minute on the clock. What is the greatest barrier to, to God's Word today? Self. Self. Mm. Okay, self. So we need to... Submit. Submit. <laughs> submit, submit, submit. Israel, greatest barrier yeah. to God's I word. think it's the same thing. Self. It's th this idea that we are ourselves God. We make God in the image of man instead of mm -hmm. allowing humanity to be made into the image of God. Jonathan, mm -hmm. greatest barrier? Uh, trust in self. Trust in Believe self. Believe in self, yeah. Trust in self. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it may be all, all the, the, these guys have such wonderful answers, but self in, in a practical self is all the media around us and all the, the ways that I want myself to grow and, 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 and to, to glorify myself. I see that in social media. I see that in all the entertainment all around us. And basically point is this, the basic point is this, get back to God's word and submit to him. We ran out of time. We thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. 
For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.